there's there's definitely you know some some rivalry um yeah it was getting pretty heated there's always going to be people that are a little bit sore about you know beating me beating them and yeah i think if uh if i end up having that same moment again uh in my in my life i'll just try and run away from them (laughs) and fight back harder so all night practice uh all night quality night um just like you know barfing and everything coming out of every hole you could ever imagine so um it was uh it was pretty yeah it was pretty gruesome i woke up and uh had that had a call with the doctor and he's like yeah i think you need to come to into surgery right now that was some of the most pain I've ever experienced in my life, um, even worse than the appendix. Before my surgery, I was probably weighing in about like 62 kilos, 63, and uh, I weighed myself, and at my lowest, I was 51 kilos. So I lost, you know, 10, 11 kilos of weight Whoa. in two weeks. Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is the Downtime Podcast, where we're going to be taking you deeper than ever into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. We'll soon be joined by Jackson Goldston, but a few quick messages first. A big shout out to the Patreon supporters for making this content possible. If you want to join them in supporting the podcast, then head over to patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast. If Patreon isn't your cup of tea, you can support by grabbing yourself some brand new merch at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. We're now shipping locally in both the UK and the US. And for everyone else who enjoys the podcast, spreading the word is a fantastic way to help. Share it with your riding friends, whether face-to-face or through social media. Every little bit helps spread the word. If you're hungry for more downtime, then join the newsletter at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter for exclusive behind-the-scenes insights, mountain biking snippets, product reviews, partner offers, and more. And of course, never miss an episode by following the podcast. Simply hit the follow button in your podcast app now or find dedicated buttons for all the major platforms to help you at downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. If you prefer to watch the episode, check out the podcast on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Downtime Podcast. All the links I've mentioned will be in the show notes for this episode on the website downtimepodcast.com. All right, race seasons don't get much more exciting than the one Jackson Goldston had in 2023. This week, we're sitting down with Jackson to delve into the details of what actually went on. From intense rivalries and overcoming appendix issues to how he's found a winning mindset, our conversation covers it all. So, without further ado, here's Jackson Goldstone. Jackson Goldstone, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast, man. How's things? Yeah, things are great. Stoked to be uh, back. It's been a few years since uh, I've done one of these with you, so yeah, got a lot to catch up on. We have, yeah, yeah. 2021 last time, you were pretty much in the thick of your junior career at that point. The first year of juniors was going pretty well. Um, and I think the, it's fair to say the biggest talking point of that junior two years was the rivalry between you and Jordan. Um, and I'm intrigued to find out what that was like from your perspective, because you're actually in that battle, but you know, it definitely drew a lot of attention to the junior racing, which was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know, you know, our junior ranks were, uh, were pretty tight between me and Jordan. It was kind of, uh, you know, it was me and him, uh, really battling it against each other. And, uh, you know, we put down some pretty incredible times, but I think it was, you know, it was really good for us, um, to mature into our elite careers, you know, having that battle, like just pushing each other and, and, you know, trying to beat each other was, was really hard. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it definitely helped us in the long run. Yeah. Does it help with like the sportsmanship side of things as well? Cause when you're young, like it's kind of hard to deal with some of that stuff sometimes, I guess, when you've got someone that's that good to, to battle against week in, week out, 
do you feel it's helped you deal like deal with that sort of the sporting side of things as well like getting used to not always necessarily having it your own way yeah you know it's uh it's frustrating at times but i think uh you know having that person that you're always battling against is 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 good in the long run for sure um you know during the races and stuff you know we still like we're still friends and you know catch up every now and again but um you know there there's 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 definitely you know some some rivalry um we you know there's times you know in fort william where he beat me by like 0.03 of a second where you know that's that's super frustrating but uh you know that's racing and it's and it's all such a personal sport which is cool like you know it's it's not like you know he, in motocross he took me out and and like you know ruined my race you know it's it's very personal in that kind of way so um you know there's there's nothing to really you know be angry about yeah that's good to hear man and you also made a big move from the miranda team onto the santa cruz syndicate um again i'm interested in what that was like for you because the syndicate i think comes with as much media attention as you're ever going to get like it's one of the more popular teams in the paddock from that side of things um, and i'm also guessing there's a pressure to perform there that maybe wasn't quite as significantly felt at miranda like how did you feel making that move yeah so the move from like my first year junior with miranda um and like track and all personal sponsors was was uh yeah, it was hard because that, that year it was pretty much, you know, me and my mom going to all the races, you know, paying for all the travel and, and all that. And Miranda was just, you know, they, they helped out with the mechanic and, and some of the race entries and, and that kind of side of it. So, um, you know, the support was was there, but it wasn't wasn't anything like syndicate. So, um, yeah, it was a it was a massive step up for for me, for sure. And, you know, I think uh, there's there's no put no better place than the syndicate. Yeah. Do you do you feel like because you'd grown up with so much kind of media attention that that helped you deal with that side of the syndicate? Because I think some riders stepping in, especially at a young age, could find that pretty intimidating. Yeah. Um, you know, I think what's so cool with the syndicate is that, you know, it may seem like there's so much pressure to win and stuff. But, um, you know, we're all such a good team and, and you know, we all respect each other a lot. And uh, I think that, you know, they're really good at keeping the, the pressure low and it's uh, you know, it's such a good family that it doesn't even feel like, like there's much pressure coming from, uh, coming from the higher ranks. It's, uh, um, yeah, it's just one big family. Yeah. That's good to hear. Um, so you rounded out your final junior year with what I think was sort of effectively your first elite race or riding in the elite category. And you chose hardline for that. Wouldn't be my choice of uh, a first uh, 18 plus race, but there you go. How did you feel about going to that event? You've obviously had the chance to see it many times on the on the telly, but how did you feel finally going there? Yeah, hardline's you know always been a dream, and uh, you know I feel like it really um, you know shows both of my strong suits with with racing and the you know free ride jump side of it. So it's kind of like my perfect race, you know, being able to to show, you know, everyone that I can, you know, hit big jumps and still go fast. So, so, um, yeah, I think that's, you know, it's, that was probably one of my favorite races to, to date just with, uh, you know, how the week went, it was so much fun riding that track and, you know, it's just, it's just a big, uh, it's just a big fun, you know, time with every, with all the riders and, and, uh, yeah, it just feels like you're hanging out and then you're like, Oh, let's, uh, let's go do a race run. So it's a, it's a really cool environment. Yeah, it does always look like a good week. And I think you were the first person that year to put in a full run. Was that a conscious decision? Because I think like there's there's only so much time you can make up on those big features. Most of it, I guess, is going to come from how you link it together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, 
I was doing a practice run and, uh, we were kind of like, you, you would go up in groups on the track and then, uh, you know, like kind of work your way down together, testing out the jumps and, you know, maybe following someone in if you haven't hit that jump before. So practice is really like, uh, it's not like you're, you're there on your own. You're, you're working with all the other riders to make it through. And, and it's, and it's cool that, you know, you can do that. It doesn't really happen at a, at a normal world cup. So, um, yeah, for me, like, I was doing that that full run. I was like kind of at the top. I was thinking like, you know, there's no one else up here with me because I just went up for an extra one to to you know get some more laps in. I was like, well, I don't think anyone's done a full run, and uh, I kind of want to like actually treat this like a like a race and and get some proper practice in before I do my quality run the next day. So, um, you know, I, I did that top to bottom, and I was it was one of the scariest things I've done because. <laughs> You know, I was so low. There, the, it wasn't super good conditions. Like there was some wind still, and uh, yeah, I kind of just decided, like you know, if if the wind's good and I you know keep kind of progressing my way down, and um, you know everything's going smooth, I'll just keep going. So uh, yeah, that was a pretty cool feeling doing a top to bottom run. Um, I don't know if the the GoPros out there somewhere, but I got down to the bottom and I was just like screaming because I was so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah that's a hell of a track to do that on and then yeah to go and back that up taking the win on the end of the weekend it's got to feel pretty good and you took it by quite a margin eh? joe smith is a very good rider super talented at hardline like always goes well there but you put i think seven seconds in over like a two minute 20 track it's it's that's a pretty big margin yeah i think it was just under seven seconds around around the six and a half mark um yeah, that one that was crazy. I mean, I definitely did get lucky with uh, with you know some of the other top riders crashing, like uh, Charlie Hatton crashed, Adam Brayton crashed, Bernard crashed. Um, but you know that's that's racing. That that's how it goes. Um, so you know, I definitely definitely dodged a few bullets there. But um, you know, still being able to put down a, that run was was a really good feeling. Definitely, and then a good confidence boost coming into like your off season between your junior and your elite career did you change much up in that off season? Like were there certain things that you wanted to work on to, to get ready for elite or did you feel like you were just good to kind of crack on with what you were doing? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, stepping into elites is, is obviously a big, big step. Um, you know, some people, you know, go into from winning, winning all their junior races to, you know, just being on the brink of qualifying. So, um, you know, obviously I, I had no clue where I was going to end up. Um, and I think that was a good approach for me. Like I didn't come in with the mindset that like, I'm going to win this. Cause I feel like, um, you know, you don't know how much other people are trained. You don't know how, um, you know, how prepared you are and all that stuff. So, you know, I treated my off season, um, kind of the same as, uh, as every other race or like every other season before that. And, uh, you know, just worked as hard as I could and really just tried to focus on, um, you know, get getting faster and stronger and and uh, improving on on the year before so um yeah i just kind of kept to my similar routine and and uh yeah yeah and a pretty hectic off season you had the santa cruz trip down to australia new zealand whole new bike to get up to speed on um but you took the win at the australian national champs and then the new zealand national champs like pretty much back to back again the confidence is uh has got to be building i guess do you do you ever start thinking about the fact that you might win or like changing some of your expectations for the season when you start having results like that, that early. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a confidence booster, um, you know, doing well at those, at those national races. Um, 
obviously the field isn't quite as stacked, but, uh, you know, there's still, you know, top 10 riders that are going like Troy Brosnan and, and those guys. So, um, you know, it's, it's not like it was a walk in the park. I really put down, uh, everything I could for those two races. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's definitely like a good confidence booster and, and it's, I wasn't really expecting to, to, you know, be up there with the top guys. Um, I was coming off a, a really, really good trip in, uh, New Zealand. Um, and, uh, yeah, I had, you know, just the best time training down there. I felt like I was never, hadn't ridden a bike that fast ever in my life before. And, uh, yeah, that was, um, you know, I just, I kind of lined up everything really well with, with my preparation and, and training. And, um, yeah, I was, uh, definitely ready for, for, for racing that early in the season, which, uh, yeah, I got to try and, uh, try and do again. Yeah, nice. And you spent a, a bit of time out in Loser as well, I think. Was that testing uh, suspension stuff or were there other things on the bike that you were playing with while you are out in Loser? Um, yeah, so we went from that Lord's test camp that uh, that the ESO and Warner Brothers put on. Um, and uh, yeah, we had spent a week there. It was pretty, it was a weird one because it felt like it was it wasn't supposed to be a race but then kind of as the weekend progressed it was like oh my gosh this is actually like <laughs> like we're gonna do a semi-final run we're gonna do a final run like this is kind of turning into a race without us even knowing it so um you know that was that was one that we, all the racers kind of came in and and uh realized that like okay well you know this this is changing quickly and and you know we even had a podium for it so um yeah i did some testing there but um, you know, weather was, was pretty not ideal and it was really hard to ride that track. So, um, some of the stuff that we were planning on testing there got moved to that Lusa test camp. Um, and, uh, yeah, we spent four days of proper riding down there. We did two, two days with Fox, uh, working on suspension. So going through all their different tunes and, um, and the two dampeners that they, they had for us there. Um, and, uh, and then also had spent two days working with some wheels and, and just kind of, you know, playing with, with other stuff as well. So I was, you know, messing around with, with my grips and, you know, stack height and, and just always kind of playing to, to find, uh, to find that right, uh, right feeling. But, um, yeah, I definitely made a bunch of really good improvements there. Um, switched up what wheels I was running. I went from 32 hole to 28 and really found some, some good, uh, improvements there. And, uh, and then once we got into the new Fox stuff, it was like, I left that trip feeling like, you know, we, we had the bike pretty, pretty spot on. Do you like to try and get things kind of nailed down then on the bike setup side of things and then kind of leave it as much as you can through the season? Are you that, are you that sort of rider or are you more on the Greg Minar end of the spectrum? I feel like I'm, I'm a little, kind of on the other side of uh, the Greg Minar spectrum. Um, you know, there's, I feel like with my riding style, I can adjust my riding style pretty easily to like make up for things that are wrong with the bike. Okay. Um, so like if I miss the, I noticed that a lot in preseason that, you know, I was riding the bike and then once my, uh, once my mechanic and, and the rest of the team showed up, they were like looking at my setup and they're like, well, what are you, what are you doing here? Like, this isn't really, uh, this isn't, we should, we should change some things. So I definitely, uh, feel like, you know, it's not the, the setup doesn't really, um, you know, make or break my, my racing. And, uh, uh, I think that I can adjust my, my riding style to, to fit the setup pretty well, but, um, you know, it's still, 
if you can nail your riding your your riding style and the bike setup it's it's just the perfect combination so um yeah definitely definitely tweak almost every race and uh i try to try to always find little small improvements here and there but it's nothing that's going to keep me up at night yeah is that tweaking mostly on the suspension front rather than on like more geometry based stuff yeah mostly on the on the suspension side of things um i feel like the things that we adjust most is is uh yeah suspension and uh kind of stack height with the bars so mm-hmm. adding you know stem spacers in or taking them out and uh i really i pretty much stayed with the same reach um the same like rear end length and uh, the same shock position the whole year um but it's yeah kind of just tweaking those little small things yeah so everything's looking pretty good then you're coming out of a solid off season with a fast bike two national championship wins from down under what what were your like goals in your head at this point what did you want to achieve what would have a, a successful season have looked like for you well um my mindset definitely changed pretty drastically throughout the season um just race by race i was like okay i want to be closer to the top closer to the top and then you know by the end of it i was i was feeling like i was i was a you know top three rider so um you know coming into the season i had low expectations i was you know my my goal for the whole season was to get you know a podium or a top three and uh you know i didn't know how soon that was going to come i didn't know if there was going to be a win involved i you know you you just don't know what's going to happen because it's uh you know, every race is, is so different. So, um, you know, I came in with low expectations and I think that was a good thing. Cause you know, I didn't, uh, when I finished six at my first race, you know, I didn't feel like I was, uh, you know, angry about it that I missed the podium by that much. And, you know, I didn't feel like I was, you know, had to be there with those top guys. So, um, you know, I, I worked out I worked out to get some pretty good insane results but um you know I think coming in with that low expectation helped uh you know keep the pressure off yeah when something else that maybe helped keep the pressure off I don't know but you you were pretty much hospitalized well you were hospitalized the week before <laughs> lens high when when did the whole appendix issue like start to raise its head yeah so um I ruptured my appendix uh, I think it was like kind of end of April maybe around that time uh, I'm not sure the exact date um but uh yeah that wasn't uh, wasn't a fun one I was hospitalized for like a week there up in Vancouver um and then yeah I was was pretty pretty cooked had to take a few weeks off and not really train that much and and just kind of really focus on my health before before I started to get back into riding um and then uh yeah I had another inflammation um of my appendix the week before the race so i think it was on the thursday the thursday like a week before practice started was was when i had to go back to the hospital stay there for another four days uh over in morzine and uh yeah it was it was really not not the training that i was expecting to get uh preseason because we had this whole uh team camp in morzine that was booked out and, and, you know, I was really looking forward to that, but sadly had to miss, miss that whole, uh, you know, training time due to sitting in the hospital, which was not, not, not fun, but, yeah, uh, not good. Did yeah, you know, so did was, you come straight from hospital to plenty laps? Is that a rumor? Or is that true? No, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, 
it was tough being, uh, you know, sidelines that. And I was, you know, as, as, as the rumor got out that I was in the hospital, people were like, oh, he's going to miss the first race, all this stuff. And I think, uh, you know, the, the UCI put out like a statement that I was in the hospital and I'm going to miss the first race when I actually hadn't even said anything on my end. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to race. Like, I'm going to see how it goes. And, and I, you know, it was valuable. Uh, it's, it's always valuable to, you know, race every single one you can. And, um, yeah, so I, uh, got out of the hospital on the Sunday at like maybe 10 in the morning. And then it was a two hour drive back up to Morzine and, uh, I just kitted up and, and got riding right then and there. Um, and I was riding by about 1230 just to get a few laps in and kind of just see how I was feeling to more, not, not as much so like train and like, you know, really work back just to kind of see how I was feeling on the bike and, you know, make the decision like, can I race or not? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling all time. I wasn't feeling like I was back in Australia when, uh, when I won nationals and all that. So, um, you know, I, I made the call that I was like, you know, feeling good enough to race and, and I think it was, uh, you know, it was definitely the right one, but, uh, it was, it was a hard one because you don't want to, you know, and maybe mess up things further. And, you know, I was on antibiotics at the time as well. So I wasn't really feeling like very good and just like even walking around was kind of hard. So, um, yeah, the hardest part for me and it all was, was like doing my warm up and like all that side of it. Um, but it kind of, as soon as I dropped into like actually riding my bike, all that kind of went away, all the pain and stuff. So Mm -hmm. that was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, a month, a month on, uh, on antibiotics and painkillers is is not a great way to start your first three races of your elite season so it's not ideal is it man hoping for something better this year yeah so sixth place given all of that is an insanely good result um but i guess the sort of fly in the ointment is that the you know your arch rival from your junior career stood on the top step jordan took the win there and it's a bit of a fairy tale kind of first elite race first win thing which i'm sure you would have liked to do as much as jordan would how did it feel for you? Did it did the whole appendix thing kind of help soften that a little bit and and take the pressure off? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I was I was happy for Jordan. You know, it's it's uh, you know we may we may be like you know pretty tight rivals in the in the junior ranks, but uh, you know to see you know both of us make that step up and actually make a big impact in the elite elite ranks is is you know it's a really cool thing. So you know, I, I was I was I was stoked for him to take the win and. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's cool to see that the, you know, that the new guys can, can hang. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, being one place off the podium was, was a little bit bitter, but, uh, you know, it's, it was still from, from where I was coming from and coming from the hospital. It's, it was a, it was a dream start for me. Yeah. And you got to see Loic and Finn's faces firsthand as their new teammate beat them at the first round of the season. must've been an interesting place to be like watching those guys deal with that as well. Yeah. Cause I was, I came in, uh, on my run, I think I came into like third, second or third. So I came into the, into the hot, like podium hot seat thing. And, uh, I definitely, you know, I got to chat with, with Loic and Finn a little bit. And then Jordan came down and they were like, what? what? They were, they were like, you know, they're, I don't know if they were like mad or like stoked or I don't know really what they were feeling, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of emotions going on between them. It was, uh, it was pretty funny to see. Yeah, definitely. So, were you feeling any better the following weekend? Then, because we were back to back, weren't we? I think into Gang. Yeah, um, I think Leo Gang. 
I wouldn't say I was feeling better. Um, I was feeling better on the bike, just having a bit more time and, and, you know, getting a bit of that strength back. Um, I had two good gym sessions and, and was able to get some of that, uh, strength back, um, that I lost from the, uh, from the whole appendix thing the week before. Um, so I was able to get, you know, feeling a bit stronger and, and get a bit more bike time. So I was feeling better on the bike. Um, but, uh, yeah, just still, you know, had that nagging kind of pain and, and it would come and go quite often. Like it, there's times, you know, I'd, I'd wake up and I'd be feeling like there's nothing wrong at all. Um, and then, you know, as the day progressed and as I was doing more and more things it um, you know, it sometimes would get worse or get better, you know, it was, it was kind of hard to predict, um, how I was feeling. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was my Leo gang quality run, um, we're all like warming up. It just, it was like raining on and off. And, uh, I like, I, I couldn't do my warm up. I was trying to do like these like plank push up things and, and like spin on the bike. And it was, it was just like make, I actually threw up before that race run just cause I was feeling so horrible. And, uh, I was talking to my mechanic Woody and we were like, kind of made the decision that, um, I was just going to like drop in, like, you know, pull off the side of the track and, um, you know, just, kind of have a DNF because I was protected from the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the, just kind of the decision that we made, but you know, I hit the first two corners and it, you know, I started to feel better. And, uh, so I was like, all right, well, let's, let's push on. Um, so I was able to, you know, make it to the bottom. I, I definitely didn't pedal or, you know, push as hard as I could have, but, um, you know, I still had a pretty good result. I'm, I'm pretty sure I was eighth at that quality maybe, or uh-huh. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but, uh, you know, still to get that with, uh, with the preparation that I had was, was, was pretty cool. And, uh, definitely kind of set a bit of a tone for the rest of the weekend that, you know, if I was feeling, feeling like I could actually do my warm up and, and, and put a rundown that, you know, I had some, had some pace in me. So, uh, yeah, it was a good, good start to week. Yeah. And it ended up with a third place. There was that slide out in the last term. What actually happened there? Did you just run offline a bit? Yeah, I mean that that Leo Gang run was was a really really good run for me. Um, you know, all all the way up until that that slide out. Um, yeah, I just had like you know had such a fun time on that run. Like I was just smiling the whole way down, linking every single corner perfectly. Like I felt like it, you know I was missing every hole that I needed to. You know, um, I felt like that was you know some of the most precise riding I've ever done, like line wise. And uh, you know, my one thing for that race was trying to not lose as much time on the, on the speed, on the motorway. Um, cause you know, as a small guy, I don't carry much speed. So that was one thing that I was really focusing on is just going as fast as I can on the motorway. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think I luckily got a bit of a tailwind and I didn't actually lose that much time. I think I only lost like 0.4 of a second to Andy Kolb on that. So, um, yes, yeah, uh, that's a win in itself for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah. And then I kept, you know, going into the bottom woods. I was, you know, that was, uh, that was my max riding. Like I hit everything perfect. And then, you know, I was, I was just so jazzed up from that run that, uh, came into that last section, maybe a little bit of hot kind of missed one little breaking point. And, uh, I feel like my rear rear wheel kind of just kicked out a little bit and then was on the outside of that rut. And then uh-huh. it just like kind of spun me out and, uh, the fact I didn't crash there, I have no clue how. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm super thankful that I that I didn't. And uh, yeah, I think I was 0.9 of a second off off the win there with that uh, with that mistake. 
and uh, I looked at uh, both of our GoPros and me and Andy. And if I didn't have that mistake, I, I would have been like pretty close to winning, or if not, would have won that race. So, um, you know, frustrating yeah. to to have that mistake so, so like so close to the finish line. But um, you know, it's it's still a good learning curve, and you know, just trying to find that balance of of the the pace that you need to be on a race run without making mistakes is uh is hard yeah for sure and it like there's two ways to look at that i guess one is that you threw away the win and the other is that you've shown yourself that you've got the speed to win and i'm kind of interested in like whatever happens to you you always seem to take the positive side of that story and not the negative side like you always seem to be and this might just be looking from the outside i'm not sure if you feel that way but like I always feel like you're you don't seem to be phased by a whole lot. Like have you done any work throughout your career so far with like sports psychologists or anyone like that or is this just like is this just your natural programming? I yeah, I mean I'd say it's my natural programming. Um yeah, I've 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 had one session with a, you know, with a psychologist like that, but uh I really feel like I didn't gain anything so I never went back. Um and uh yeah, I think, you know, that's, that's just kind of, you know, how I was, how I was raised, you know, my parents uh, felt like they, uh, you know, always, always taught me to, to take the positive side in things. And, um, I think that, uh, you know, it's, it, that, that's in the past now. So why, you know, dwell on it and, uh, and, you know, get upset about it. I mean, it's, it's obviously, you know, it's not, it's not like I just totally forgot about it. Like it's, it's still in the back of my mind, like, oh, like that, you know, would have done this to me or whatever, but, you know, it's, uh, there's nothing I can change now. So, I mean, yeah. Why really, uh, really, why really care about it? Yeah. Fair. And you took that positive then and moved on to Val de Sol, which turned out to be a pretty good weekend for you, but also quite a challenging weekend, right? I think there was a decent amount of pain again, like struggling with warm ups, that kind of stuff. And although they added a fair amount of dirt to that track from the previous year, it's, it's still not a track to be riding when you're not feeling tip top, huh? Yeah, that's that was, I'd say, definitely top three hardest hardest tracks of the year. Um, you know, Snowshoe and Monsanto are in there, but I'd I'd say it was, yeah, between between that and Valdosol and, and Snowshoe were the hardest tracks of the year. Um, that you know, Valdosol is just they they put in so much dirt, but it was so dry and dusty that the dirt just basically went into the air and and kind of disappeared. So. Um, yeah, the, you know the holes were just as big as the year before, and and trying to find the line was was really hard because all the rocks and roots were like covered in dust, so it was hard to tell the difference between uh, you know what you're actually riding on and what's underneath your tires. So, um, yeah, that was hard, but definitely had some some motivation going into that one. Like, you know, I've I've gotten this close, like I can do it. Like, let's let's go. And uh, you know, there was there was some rain before before uh, our. I think it was before our semis run or I can't, can't remember exactly when the rain was, maybe before the finals run. Um, and, uh, so we're, you know, the last, last guys were like, okay, where are we going to, where are we going to, you know, what's the track going to be like? Don't know if it's going to be slippery or not. And, uh, I think I ended up qualifying third there or second or third. Um, sorry, getting through the semis at second and third. So I was one of the last guys to drop and, uh, and yeah, again, like I going up for my for my race run and about to do my start my warm up and you know the pain kicks in again. So this one, this one instead of hitting on the qualifying run, it it hit on my semis run or my finals run, sorry. And 
yeah, I was like trying to do my warm up, and I I actually just sat down for about twenty minutes on on the stairs, and uh, just you know kind of chilled out, like tried to you know settle everything down, and and just you know kind of talk to my mechanic Woody, and and just like you know have have fun with it, and and not really uh, you know put too much pressure on the on the on the final, and uh, you know I think you know after listening to some good music and kind of I did a little bit of a spin before my before my run and. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, wasn't feeling great up until the start gate. And then, you know, that, uh, once you hear those beeps, it kind of just turns on this, uh, this pretty crazy mindset. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I came out the gate and I was like, okay, you know, we've got a break after this, um, you know, that up until worlds, there was, uh, I think it was like a month or yeah, maybe five weeks chunk. even. Yeah. So, uh, I was like, you know, let's just give it all let's let's you know if i crash i crash you know if i hurt myself i've i have time to recover or whatever and uh so i yeah came full beans out the start gate and almost crashed in the first corner (laughs) (laughs) nearly went out the front and um yeah just like the 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 rut kind of you know was a little bit wet and i just like lost the front end a bit and then it actually ended up catching at the top of the berm and you know had a big push up and somehow made it around the next corner and then um you know we went over that little drop and then in that next left-hand corner, I, I honestly can't even explain what happened, but lost my foot and like over oversteered in the corner and like, yeah, nearly nearly went off the track. So um, that was a that was an interesting start to my run for sure. Um, but like for for me when I when I'm in like a race run where like I'm I really feel like I'm on one and not making mistakes, um, you know, you, you forget about everything that happens even a second ago um just because everything's coming at you so quickly you feel like you're in tunnel vision that you know you don't have time to think about what just happened like you 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 have to put all your focus into you know the next rock garden and and that corner and that and this section and all that all the stuff that comes after so um yeah i i i I see the video of of doing that slide out and, and losing my foot but i barely remember actually doing it okay um and then, yeah, I kind of, you know, t- took a few corners, but I, I got into the rhythm and, uh, yeah, kind of, you know, chilled out a little bit and, uh, found that kind of race pace that, that I had and, um, yeah, pretty much nailed everything, everything else from down there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think there was, you know, there's, there was obviously sections that I, I could have improved on for sure. And like, there was lines that I have never done before that. I accidentally did, but worked out. Um, but it was, it was just like, it was just, I was, it was just going with the flow that race run. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's a hard one to explain because I, I, I don't know how I did it. Um, and, uh, yeah, just like there was a section down at the bottom that was, uh, right after the section where Greg actually injured himself in 2022. Uh Um, there's like that fast long bit and then you're turning left into this uh like super powdery like slow corner and then into another rock garden and i was struggling with that section the whole time i didn't know what the line was and so i was i was planning on holding it fully inside and then uh come to my run i'm coming in way too hot to hold the inside (laughs) so i go inside and then i like couldn't make the inside corner so i like went to the outside after and like then and there, I realized that that was the line that I was looking for the whole time. So um, it, it ended up being so much quicker, and it and it worked out great in my race round. But uh, yeah, definitely not what I was planning. 
Interesting. Like riding fully on instinct by the sounds of it, like totally in yeah. the zone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd love to explain more of it, but I, it's like, I don't even remember what happened. I just see the videos of it and then I uh, get faint memories. But uh, yeah, that was one where I was, I was quite focused in, in the zone. That's amazing. That must've felt, felt pretty good. And your first elite win on a track like that as well, that must've felt incredible to take it in that, in that way on that track. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was cool. Cause it was, everyone was, you know, so like on edge with how the rain was. And there was a lot of, you know, talk around the pits, like, Oh, is it like, are these, the guys at the end even going to be able to go faster than the people that rode it in the dry? And there was all this stuff that was going on and, you know, a lot of talk, um but uh yeah just to you know put a race run down and then look down look back at the at the timing board and i was the first thing that i saw was like green and i was like yes into the hot seat stoked on that and then i I saw 0.4 of a second um but then like once i kind of you know talked to steve and all that and and like chilled out of it i I read it again and it was 2.4 seconds and that absolutely blew my mind so (laughs) i had had no clue that i uh came into the hot seat by that much but uh yeah, such a such a good feeling. Yeah, amazing. What's the response been like from the other kind of top riders? Because it must be quite hard to see a rider jump up from juniors and and start beating them so quickly, right? There's people that are getting used to taking a lot of wins and a lot of podiums, and everyone knew you and Jordan were a threat, but I don't think maybe everyone believed that you were both going to take victories in your first season. Yeah, um, I mean. Obviously, I don't know what the what the other riders are saying when I'm not around, but uh, you know, I feel like I have a good good relationship with with pretty much everyone. Um, you know, I'm always talking with with all the guys, and and I just try to keep it, you know, try and try to be nice to everyone and and just not make any bad connections. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I definitely you know, there's there's always going to be people that are a little bit sore about you know beating, me beating them and and that, but um, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's 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 you that's racing. It's not it's not me messing you up or anything. So, you know, I, I just, you know, kind of brush off my shoulders and if, if they say anything, it, you know, it doesn't really matter because it doesn't mean anything. So, um, yeah, I just always look forward. Yeah. And talking about looking forward in theory, we were looking forward to world champs in Fort William a track where you go well. Um, yeah. but obviously you made the decision to take some time out and go and get the appendix sorted. Finally, was that an easy decision or did you kind of, um, an R over it? um it was uh it was a quick decision um so i won val soul um i woke up that next morning or sorry actually the the like race morning i uh had a had a zoom call with with a doctor and and uh a really really good physio at red bull who's who's not there anymore amy um she was kind of helping me through the process and like giving me stuff to you know like kind of think about and uh and ideas on maybe when to get the surgery to actually get it removed. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it was like the day of like quality morning or race morning. I can't remember exactly what day I had a call with a doctor and, uh, kind of gave the rundown on what's going on. And he was like, okay, well call me, call me on, on Monday or Sunday. And, uh, after, after your racing's done and then we'll, we'll make a plan on, on what to do. And, uh, so yeah, Sunday morning after the race, um, I woke up and uh, had that had the call with the doctor, and he's like, "Yeah, I think you need to come to into surgery right now." So um, I, it was a pretty pretty big shock, and uh, you know, I 
looked at all the all the options of like you know what recovery is going to be like am i going to make this race and hardline was also coming up as well yeah. and i was like okay you know this i i just won a race i got third at the one before and i got six i'm i was leading the overall at the time and uh i was like you know what hardline and worlds like you know it's two of my favorite races you know i'd love to go but you know this this is more important and uh so i yeah i made the decision to to go to Salzburg and get the surgery done. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. I was, when had a meeting with the doctors on the Monday after I took a train there and then was in for surgery on, on Thursday, uh, Tuesday, sorry. So it was, uh, yeah, it came about pretty quick. And then, um, you know, recovery from that was, was pretty tough. The, I stayed a week after the surgery in, uh, in Salzburg in Munich, um, just to, you know, kind of chill before I, before I, f- I flew in case anything went wrong on the plane, you know, it's, it's pretty dangerous. You know, there's uh there's nothing you can really do if, if something goes wrong on the plane, like mm-hmm. it's, it's, so I wanted to give it a little bit of time, uh, before I flew. And then, uh, you know, starting to feel better, starting to eat normal foods again and, and kind of feeling better. And then, uh, I don't know what it was on the, on the plane or something, something that I ate, or I'm not sure exactly what it was, but, uh, kind of the everything got really swollen again after that flight i think it could have been a bit of altitude or or maybe uh the painkiller that i took i'm not sure um but basically my my intestines swole like swelled up to nothing so no food could pass through oh man and uh yeah it was that was some of the most pain i've ever experienced in my life um even worse than the appendix um it was uh yeah, it was tough because my parents were still in Europe. They were, um, you know, on the rest of the trip. I was, I was home alone. Uh, you know, at least I live about a hundred meters away from the hospital. It's like right <laughs> over this little hill here. So there was a, there was a few nights that I was hobbling down to the, the hospital to, to go get painkillers and, and, uh, you know, go, go deal with it that way. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically after, after I got home, I didn't eat any solid foods for two weeks um it was just water soup and more water really (laughs) wow how Um, much weight did you lose so right like before my surgery i was probably weighing in about like 62 kilos 63 and uh i weighed myself and at my lowest i was 51 kilos so i lost you know 10 11 kilos of weight in two weeks so um, that's a huge percentage of your body weight man. yeah it was it was gnarly and uh you know i was looking down at myself like looking at my arms and my stomach and it was like i was a twig like i had nothing to me and uh you know i'm not i'm not a big guy to start with so um yeah i was i was really skinny like you know i'd go for i'd take my dog for a walk and i'd come back and that was that felt like i just did a three-hour ride just because i had no energy no strength whatsoever um and so, you know, after those two weeks of not eating, started to, you know, feel better, started to eat some proper foods and, uh, things kind of started to chill out a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, it still wasn't, wasn't ideal. And I still was, uh, you know, eating less. Um, and then kind of by that third week, fourth week mark, um, I started working with my trainer again, Damien, and he kind of put me on this, uh, pretty gnarly diet plan with, um, with another dietitian lady and uh yeah i really that was that was a pretty like big eye-opening moment for me in time because you know i've never 
with training, like in the off season and stuff, you know, you have as long as you need, you have five, six months to, to, you know, build up that strength and, and, and get ready. But, um, I basically had to do all that in two and a half weeks before Andorra. Um, so I had like very little time and I was basically just like breathing in as much protein as I could and, (laughs) and just eating as much as I could by then. And it's, uh, it worked out and I, I got back up to, I probably gained maybe nine to 10 kilos back of that weight. Um, before Andorra the next race and uh yeah I was I was feeling all all fine for Andorra again so it was it was it was hard work it it definitely you know I was going down to the city to see my trainer for you know two hour gym sessions every day and then and then you know just eating like hundreds of grams of protein every day and um yeah it was it was hard it definitely didn't feel like uh I definitely didn't feel great at that time just because you're putting on so much weight that you're you know, energy levels were still pretty low. Um, but by the time that, you know, I kind of leveled that off the, that part of training off a little bit, you know, the energy levels came back and, and I was ready to race again. But, uh, yeah, I was still so gutted to miss out on world champs and, and hardline. I mean, I did get lucky that hardline, you know, didn't end up running because of the yeah. weather. Um, but, uh, you know, world champs was, was, uh, yeah, gutted to miss that one. Yeah, you've got a few more ahead of you, man. There's a few more world champs <laughs> for you to tackle. We'll be all yeah. good. So yeah, back no, to out to that's a good point. Yeah, out to Andorra then. And um not maybe not the easiest race to come back at. It was a pretty wild weekend. It's a crazy track. Insane weather that weekend as well. How how was it yeah. like stepping back into the mix at that event? Yeah, so that was a really fun week for me. Actually, really fun two weeks. Um, because I ended up flying down to Andorra early and uh rented a you know tiny little airbnb airbnb with uh five of my five of my buddies so i was with uh ike Klassen, ronan dunn taylor langson and uh gonzalo bandera yeah so um those are you know some of my super close buddies in the world cup circuit and uh we just you know got this place and uh basically just rode all day <laughs> and then you know gymmed in the afternoon and and like just had a had a blast you know preparing for the race and i think that's exactly what i needed to to prepare myself for for the world cup because you know i had was able to get a lot of bike time you know just having so much fun on my bike with those boys and really put me into a good uh mental mental place for that you know after being so so miserable for the six weeks before so um yeah that that was definitely a really good week for me and then uh yeah i was basically feeling race ready by by the time Andorra came. Yeah. And you were on a pretty, pretty good run. Hey, but it was a flat tire that unfortunately took you out of contention in the end. Yeah. I mean, Andorra was a crazy, crazy weekend. Um, you know, we had, I think they said it was 150 kilometer hour winds up at the top of the hill. Like it was, the weather was absurd. Um, so we woke up at, I woke up at four forty-five in the morning, uh, on race day and was up at the track by six and then i think practice started at like seven or whatever and uh yeah it was like we were able to get a bit of practice in because they knew this weather was coming and uh so we we did practice from like seven to eight in the morning and then basically just sat there until 4 p.m um so you know with you practice you know your routine in a race day so much um that uh you know once one thing changes it's uh it's a it you know it makes a big difference so 
um, you know, just the mental side of it. Like I was like, okay, are we even going to race? Like what's going on? Like no one knew what was going to happen. And, uh, I actually ended up qualifying third the day before, um, when the weather was all good. And, uh, so I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm on for a good result. Like this would be the most insane comeback, <laughs> you know, of the time. Like if I managed to, you know, put a podium down or, or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, you know, I think it, it got down to the top 10, um, of the last top 10 guys to go and, uh, you know, just started pissed down rain, crazy winds, like just like the worst timing you could have ever asked for to, uh, to actually have a good qualifying race. So, yeah. um, and then, you know, the, the cherry on top is I flatted before the second split. So, um, you know, all the, all the hopes and dreams of the ideal comeback, uh, kind of fell apart there, but, um, you know, I still, still happy to be in one piece and, 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 you know, focus on for the next race in Ludenville. But, uh, yeah, I feel, you know, that, that one was hard because the top section of the track was super affected by the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the corners were, the bike park corners were super slippery, but once I got, um, you know, down into the, some of the harder stuff, I feel like I could have gone like, you know, and put a decent run down, but sadly I flatted before I could actually get to that section. So I was pretty upset that, uh, you know, I didn't get to really finish my race run, but, um, yeah, and then moving on to Ludenville, it was uh, another pretty crazy weekend. <laughs> yeah, man, I want to talk about Ludenville. That track looked incredible. I had massive FOMO of not going to that one. How was it? Yeah, Ludenville was sick. Um, another track that, you know, a, a lighter guy up top will not benefit from. Um, yeah. You know, I had a lot of flat sections, and, and the, the whole second or first to second split was was really, really flat. So, um, I knew I was going to lose time there, but it was basically about gaining as much as I could. And then once we kind of crest the hill, it just goes straight down. So I was like, you know, if I lose a bit of time here, I'll, I'll try and save energy and then push as hard as I can for the bottom. Um, but yeah, again, with crazy schedule, we did track walk and then got down from track walk and they were like announced that we were going up for practice that afternoon. And we were like, okay, like this is another change in the schedule with like, just got to run with it like there's nothing you can really do you just gotta you just gotta go ride so um yeah went for practice that day and then had qualifying the next day qualifying went well i think i've i think i finished around like the maybe 10th mark like Mm -hmm. not not amazing but um you know still from where i was a few weeks before i was stoked to be there um and then we actually had a full day off um on the saturday where we didn't ride didn't do anything um we we went for a track walk with the team later in the day but that was when we had a whole bunch of rain and uh yeah the track you know changed drastically um with all the steep stuff it was it was really hard to even just like ride the track let alone go race it um and then by the time sunday rolled around you know things started to dry up a little bit and uh we were back racing but um you know that one was a was a hard one to just to get like you know, with the conditions, get the tire choice right, you know, know exactly how much to push up top and not blow up at the bottom or, or whatever. So I think that one was, was, uh, you know, a track that, that didn't really suit me, but I feel like I still did, you know, the best I could. And, um, you know, I, I think I was like 2.9 seconds back at one of the splits and, and I brought it back down to, to 0.5 of a second by the finish line. So, um, yeah, that just goes to show that I'm a lot better on the, on the steep stuff than the flat stuff. So, um, 
yeah, hopefully next year we have steep tracks. <laughs> Fingers crossed. It's good. Yeah, it's good for yeah. spectators to watch. And on on a race weekend like that where we've got a brand new track, like is the team around you even more important? Like you've got people out there. I think the syndicate have got a pretty good setup. People like helping with line choice and line spotting and all this kind of stuff. Obviously, you've got Steve Pete, which is not a bad person to have on your yeah, side. Yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. <laughs> pretty, pretty handy at bikes. Like, how how important is that on a weekend where you're puzzling a brand new track and working things out? It's crucial. Um, you know, we have we have Steve Steve Pete and uh, Gaz Gareth Bruin as well on track. So both of them kind of working together. You know, if uh, we we have a group chat with with the riders and those guys that you know, if I text that group chat on the way up they'll they'll go to whatever section i need to to look at or or maybe improve on and and film the other riders going through to see what they're doing and and just compare once we get down to the bottom um so yeah it's it's super super important for us to to have that and and, you know steve steve's got so much knowledge in the sport and he knows exactly what what he's talking about and he knows you know what line works best so um yeah couldn't really couldn't really ask for a better guy to to have trackside Definitely, yeah, it's got to help. And there's, like you say, there's a lot going on during a race week and schedule changes don't help, but you've got an extra task compared to a lot of the riders. You've got the course preview to do. Is that <laughs> like an added stress for you? Because you always sound super chilled in it. I don't know how you chat as you ride at that pace down the hill, but like, do you enjoy it? Yeah, no, I, I actually choose to do the the course previews. Um, That's just one thing that, you know, it's it's a, it's a big, like everyone watches the course preview. So I feel like, you know, if, if I'm doing it, people, you know, I feel like I can kind of make it funny cracking jokes on the way down. And instead of just having, you know, one, another guy just not talk at all. So I feel like, you know, adding, adding my personality into it's pretty fun. And, and I usually do it on my second round of practice. So it's still when I'm like figuring out the track and it actually, you know, it, it may be like something that you kind of not, you don't really gain much out of on like, like progressing in the track and getting mm-hmm. faster lines and stuff but um you know it's still still good to like because you actually talk about the sections and you're like okay like coming into this right hand corner so it actually helps a little bit like speaking about it is you'll remember it better just because of you know how everything links up and and you kind of yeah use your yeah i'm trying to think of the best way to say this but uh yeah, like just by saying it, you know, you remember it better. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I think it's it's something that I like to do as well because the fans love it too. So it is a lot I'll fun to watch. I'll be doing it next year as well. <laughs> yeah, sweet. No, it's good. It makes sense, I guess. Yeah, you're not getting faster on that run, but you are. It helps you learn the track because you've got to yeah, guide. You're exactly. guiding us down it, right? Which means you've got to kind of know where you're going. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That's how I should explain it. You got it there. <laughs> yeah. No, keep up, man. We enjoy them. It's good to watch. So we're we're in Telege after that fourth place in Lunenville. It's the third weekend in a row racing coming off the back of that injury. Um, and as a team, I think you've had a bit of a an unfortunate season, right? You've had your appendix issues. Laurie's had that sort of mystery thing throughout the season that's been messing with his energy. Um, and then for the second year in a row, I think quite a few of you got ill in Leje again, right? we uh yes most of the team were were cooked at leger um you know my mechanic woody didn't couldn't even show up to to work on uh on quality day so i had to have lyle um you know be my mechanic for the day and help out which you know super super crucial to have have him as well to to do that otherwise i would have been stranded you know bringing my own trainer up to the top would uh would not be (laughs) ideal so um yeah we uh me and laurie were were probably 
some of the worst. Um, we basically stayed up all night practice, uh, all night quality night. Um, just like, you know, barfing and everything coming out of every hole you could ever imagine. So, um, it was, uh, it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty gruesome. Um, and then, yeah, woke up that quality day, just like, you know, on riding on two hours of sleep at a world cup, especially the is, it's not, not fun at all. So, um, you know, that was, uh, that was a fun one for me. Just like, I, like you just can't really do much, right? Like you, I was like t- taking hour naps within practice. I think I had like three or four naps, you know, when I, when I could just try and, you know, sit, get some energy back for, for my quality run. And then, you know, in the start gate for my quality run and I, my eyes are like shutting. So, um, <laughs> You know, not not what not what you want when you're about to drop into uh, you know Leger, which was uh, you know a pretty demanding racetrack. Um, but uh, yeah, I was able to come down, finish eighth there in quali, um, which was you know I was over over the moon with like just with how how everything went the day before, and then uh, managed to our team manager Jordan. He had a contact with some like doctor i can't i don't know exactly where he got prescribed these meds but um had some incredible meds that really turned the whole weekend around um and uh yeah i would have been you know barely i don't even think i would have made it into semis if i didn't have those meds so um you know slept really well that night because of that and you know started to feel a lot better and i was super dehydrated from all that just because you know i basically lost all the water in my body and uh so yeah those those pills helped me you know get hydrated again and and kind of get back up to to race spec and um you know i wasn't definitely wasn't 100 percent on race day but i was you know good enough to put a to put a race run down and you know i think uh was a was one of the best races of the year i think just with the whole podium being separated by 0.6 of a second or whatever um you know i i was fourth but if i went 0.4 of a second quicker i would have won so it's just like it's crazy to to see that the sport's that tight nowadays and uh yeah it's pretty it's pretty amazing actually so i went uh yeah from ludenville to leger went back to back fourth places which you know standing on the podium is always an amazing feeling um but uh yeah still like you know obviously i made one mistake i think on that race run in in leger um and it probably costed me you know half a second it was like the the minorest mistake i just blew a little wide into this corner and it was soft dirt so i kind of like got hung up a little bit and you know that costs me the win so um it's pretty crazy to to see when you know racing's that tight that you really have to be so on point yeah it's incredible and it was good to be fair it was again another fairy tale story to see benoit take that win for in, sure uh, in his home country as well so it was, in a way it was good to see that like no for sure i mean I, I was so stoked to be fourth especially with how you know the weekend went and uh yeah, it's just it was it was cool to be that close to those guys. Yeah, for sure. And then we're back over the pond, and it's snowshoe up next. Um, there's a lot going on. I guess there's a focus towards the overall for you as well at this point in the season. Like it's it's all looking yeah. pretty doable. Um, but snowshoe in the wet is a scary place to lay it down. How do you approach? I guess when you've got like you probably still want wins, but you've got this eye on the overall as well how are you approaching the level of risk that you're taking on a track like that? Cause uh, I'm, it looks like there's quite a high probability of 
going down in those rocks when it's like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Stosha's a crazy track. It's flat, um, and it's the most rocks you've ever seen in your life. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, having that overall in mind, I think I was sitting second behind Loic at this point. Um, you know, it's it's always this thing that, you know, when, when you go for interviews with people or, you, you know, you hear – you're just talking with everyone. You're like, Oh, like, how are you thinking about the overall? Everyone's talking about this overall. So I was like, you know, trying to kind of keep it outside of my brain and just focus on one race at a time. And, you know, that's something I'm still like learning how to do. And, and, you know, I, maybe I took the right approach. Maybe I didn't, you know, I have to, hopefully we'll have that same uh, dilemma next year. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think just by taking it race by race and really focusing on, on, you know, just, going as fast as i can um you know that's what i love to do um so you know if uh you know if something goes wrong and and that's that but uh yeah i really like i definitely don't let back with overall in in play um you know i'm still pushing as hard as i can to to you know go fastest fast as i can just to you know have that buffer if uh against the other guys but um yeah, it's something I'm still learning, so I don't think I know the exact answer for that. Fair play, and it wasn't uh, wasn't to be, unfortunately. Flatted. Where where did you flatten that race? How far down were you? Uh, I think I flatted about twenty five seconds in. No way. <laughs> so yeah, pretty pretty gutted on that one. I actually had a massive crash. Um, that um, I think it was first day of practice in that same section that I flatted. Um, I just got hung up on this route and basically splatted onto a, onto a wooden takeoff. Um, and it was like, it had like chicken wire over it. So it was like metal and wood. And, uh, yeah, I basically just like came to a complete stop on that. My shoulder was all like super sore. And when I, uh, when I came into that section of my racer and I was like, okay, like, you know, take it a bit easy, but I found a way that you could like kind of come up a little bit higher and then like get a pump out of, that route that i slipped on in practice Uh and i think i just landed and pumped too hard there must have been a a rock there that perfectly nicked my tire and uh yeah i kind of got through that y jump in the trees and you know i start started to feel it going softer and softer and i was like oh you gotta be kidding me this is like one of the most important races you know of this season for me and and this is how it's gonna end so it it was i was gutted for sure and uh you know especially with how my semis went i was on a really good run um, I was pretty much level with Loic and then, uh, you know, in the last rock garden, I just got off my line ever so slightly and kind of just ran off track. Um, so it was a, that was probably like a, that was a tough weekend for me. Like just making those tiny, tiny mistakes that, you know, have such a big effect. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's racing. That's the way it goes. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't go well for Loic that weekend either, I guess, which kind of kept no. the battle alive a little bit and took it to the final round at, at Montserrat. Yeah. I think if he finished on the podium there, he would have won the overall at Snowshoe. So um, definitely got lucky that, that, uh, you know, he crashed. Obviously I never want to, never want to wish on another rider crashing in the race run. It's, you know, it's not how, not how it should be, but um you know that's that's racing that's the way it goes but uh yeah all, all eyes were on monsanto for sure and uh yeah it was getting pretty heated yeah home track or as close to home as it gets for you like you're at that point in the season no one had won two races in the year 
So there's that goal. There's an overall potential, and basically you're going to pretty much have to win, I think, to to get it because the points gap was was fairly big. Um, yeah. Final race of the season. What's the mindset for you coming in? Like it feels like you almost had that similar vibe about you that Finn had the year before. Yeah, I think I think I did. Um, as soon as as soon as snowshoe awards ceremony happened i was like okay i, I need to win vadasol or uh, sorry monsenan like i i need to win monsenan to have any chance at at the overall like you know second second place isn't even going to cut it and uh you know that that sh- goes to show like you know my mindset throughout the year like progressing from you know just trying to get a get a podium throughout the year by you know having second place not be enough by the end of it so um you know i, I came into that one with with you know, all my energy, all my focus just on, on going as fast as I can. And, um, I think, you know, we, we got to Munson and track walk was really sick. You know, it was such a good, such a good vibe, you know, being at home in Canada, um, you know, the, the fall leaves were, were super sick and it was just like, it was, I was just having such a fun time being there. And then, uh, yeah, kind of by the time, you know, practice and all that rolled around. I was like, I was feeling okay on the bike practice day and quality day, but like not ideal. Like I finished fourth or fifth in quality and I was like, you know, not happy. Um, I wasn't happy with my run. I wasn't happy with my riding. And then, yeah, I woke up the next day and I was, you know, I felt like everyone was asking me like, Oh, are you like super tired or like what's going on? Like, cause I was acting a bit different, I think. And, uh, I think it was just me being so focused into, to winning that I was like just not talking to anyone and just really focusing <laughs> on myself. So sorry to everybody if I was, um, you know, not being nice, but uh, it kind of worked out in the end. So yeah. yeah. Well, you won semi, so you're the last man on the hill for finals. Does that change anything for you? I think earlier in your career, that was something you, you didn't always go your way when you were the last man down, but it feels like yeah. that's turned around a bit over the years. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I, in my junior ranks, every time I finished second, I, I would, I would usually win the race. And, uh, you know, the times that I would be last man to drop, I would finish second or, or crash out. So, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely, you know, some people were making jokes that like, you know, he's last to drop. Is he going to finish last or finish second or what's going to happen? So there was definitely some jokes about that, but, um, you know, I, I, I woke up that morning and I, I had this feeling that I was going to win the race. Um, you know, it's, it sounds like weird to say and, and kind of cocky, but it was, it was, it was weird. It was a weird feeling to have. Like I, I just like knew I was going to win. Um, and then yeah, coming down from that semis run being five seconds up was, uh, was a really good redemption from, from qualifying the day before. And that's, that's the speed that I was looking for. And that was like the, the feeling that I was looking for. Um, we made another change on the bike for finals day and i think that really really kind of helped boost that confidence a bit uh-huh. and uh what, what did you change uh honestly it probably i can't remember exactly what it was but i think it was like two clicks on the fork and that's all okay. it was yeah um but like nothing major but just something to help you know help with i think it was i went two clicks firmer on compression um just to kind of keep the front end up and not dive into the holes i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's what it was um but uh, yeah, that kind of just you know made me feel like I was invincible on the bike, and that whole practice in the morning and, and semis was went went so well. Um, you know, I came down from it, it rained that that night, so you know we were all like 
what's the track going to be? Cause it was bone dry before that. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, I nailed pretty much everything with tire choice, bike setup, you know, preparation. I was, that was, that was the perfect weekend for me. Yeah, it, it was pretty perfect. What, did you think you found that flow state? Like, did it feel similar to the Valdezol experience or was that, was it different when you were on the bike? I definitely was in the flow state of, of not remembering anything. Um, but it was, it was elevated from, from the Valdezol experience because, okay. you know, Valdezol, I was making mistakes and changing lines and all this stuff where my Monson and run, I, I didn't have a single mistake, but, um, the other like kind of weird feeling that I had, like once I finished my semis run and I was five seconds ahead, I was like, that wasn't my, that wasn't my 110% run. Like that wasn't everything I could give. Um, and so it kind of made me feel like maybe I don't have to like give absolutely everything I have to, to, you know, win this race. So it was a, it was a weird mindset. I was like, do I like, push just as hard is everyone else going to go a lot faster or, or like what's going to happen so i was last to drop and you know i heard from the top i heard ethan crate come down because he was he uh was the last like second to last guy to drop and i heard him into the finish line and everyone like roared super loud and and that that's when i knew like okay like i actually have to go pretty fast <laughs> here um and then yeah i dropped in for my run um sw- i changed a few lines that uh, for my semis run, because it rained, there was like one line right out the start gate that, uh, you kind of hop over this rock that was a bit sketchy in the, in the semis run, but I was like, it's faster. I have to do it. My finals. So, um, ended up, you know, there was like two or three lines like that where I, uh, yeah, switched up my line for the finals run and, and it worked off or paid off. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. That, that run was, was pretty much perfect. Um, you know, all the way top to bottom, but I never really felt like I was out of control or like, you know, pushing too hard where I was nervous or anything. Like I was like in this state where I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew exactly what was coming next and like everything just like my run was perfect, but it was like perfect enough that I didn't even like, like that was like 95% of me pushing. Like I didn't, I probably had more Mm -hmm. in the tank. Um, but I think just by staying smooth and not like pushing too hard, you actually, you know, maybe carry more speed or, or do whatever. And, and that worked out great. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a crazy feeling being last guy to drop as well. Like, you know, there's no one at the top anymore. It's just you, like a few mechanics and the commissaires and, and all the spectators and everyone's gone down to the bottom. So it progressively gets louder and louder and louder as we go down. So it was a pretty cool feeling, but, uh, yeah, as soon as I, as soon as I kind of exited that, that rock garden, like just where like thin crashed, Mm -hmm. um, I knew that I was on an absolute heater. I was like this, like I was just having so much fun because every line was working how I wanted. I was making all my breaking points perfectly. It was, it was just dialed. So yeah, as, as as soon as I kind of came out there, I was like, okay, like make it home and, uh, we'll see where we end up. and uh yeah unreal man were you aware of the crowd as it was building as you were heading down the hill like was that making its way into your conscious not i wouldn't say it was like kind of messing with my head or at all i just you know you hear it right so um yeah i think it was you know just progressively getting louder i would hear my bike less and my rear hub less and start hitting the crowd more so that was changing all the way through but 
what was really cool and, and a sick feeling that I'd love to have at every single World Cup was um, I finished that run and I was not fatigued at all. I don't know how I did it. Um, I Whether it was, you know, the mindset that I was in, the flow state or whatever it was, but or my warm-up, um, you know, I got down to the bottom and I took, you know, a few breaths and I was like, felt recovered already. So I think that that's a feeling that I think every racer is after, um, you know, because as soon as fatigue comes into your brain and, and it's like, let's say your hands start to get tired at, you know, halfway down the track, that's all you're thinking about is save your hands so you don't crash. Right. So, um, I think by, by not feeling any sort of fatigue the whole way down, it was just making me able to push, you know, the whole way down, which was, uh, an amazing feeling. Yeah, and you got rugby tackled pretty quickly by one of the staff after you crossed the oh finish goodness. line, though. Like, I, th- I think I heard you say you wanted to do like a bit of a Stevie Stevie Smith bike throw, and never never quite happened. But did yeah. that take you by surprise? Yeah. The guy came out of nowhere, right? Well, Ronan came out of nowhere for me. Um, I was like, you know, still slamming on the brakes to come to a stop, and Ronan's already like throwing himself <laughs> at me because he was so stoked. Um, and then I got rugby rugby tackled. But yeah, I wanted to do. Um, you know when Stevie Smith won the overall in in Leo Gang, twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen, one of those years maybe. Mm, I can't remember. To be um, sure. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. Um, he like threw his bike into this three sixty, and I wanted to do that same thing. Just it would have been the the coolest story. You know, obviously I didn't know if I won the overall or if Loic did or whatever happened, but you know if I if I did that bike throw, it would have been it could have been really cool. Um, but yeah, the people just came at me too quick. I couldn't get down to a stop and, uh, yeah, I wasn't able to make it happen. But, uh, yeah, I was a little disappointed at getting rugby tackled because, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, run into the crowd and, and go celebrate and, and like just be in it. But they like ripped me away and like put me into the podium, like the hot seat. And like, I wasn't really able to talk to anyone and it was, it was just weird. So, um, yeah, I think if, uh, if I end up having that same moment again, uh, in my in my life i'll just try and run away from them <laughs> and fight back harder so yeah i mean hopefully i'll have that moment again but uh yeah kind of kind of wish i got to celebrate that more yeah pretty incredible day out so first elite season you suffered a pretty serious medical issue for basically half the season you still managed to be the only rider to take two wins out of the year you nearly took the overall at the first time of asking First off, how do you feel about that? That's a pretty insane performance. Yeah, I mean, it it really took a while to like settle in on on exactly what I did to this season, and I think you know it's something I that motivates me really like a lot for next year is, or for this year as well. Um, is like you know that was my first year elite. What can I do in my second? So you know it's it's a crazy feeling to be able to do that, and um, you know. I, obviously it's uh having the whole team around me has been amazing and, and just everyone involved you know helps so much so um yeah i can't thank everyone enough but uh yeah it's still something that i wake up and and think like i won monsanto and i won bottle soul like what the heck like it, it surprises me more often than not so um yeah i think you know just you know fires me up more for next year yeah, I guess the flip side of that though is it sort of puts a target on your back. Like you're the rider to beat, I would say, coming out of this season. Like, how does that feel? Because you've gone from this sort of almost unknown commodity coming out of juniors. We don't know how he's going to get on. We think he'll do all right, but we're not sure. To suddenly, like, 
there's a lot of people that are going after you now. Yeah, I mean, to one up what I did last year is going to be really hard. Um, you know, I think with the level of the sport and, and, you know, some injured riders will be coming back as well. Um, so I think, you know, it'd be an absolute dream to, to do what I did last year, but, uh, you know, I think I might have to drop the expectations a little bit, just kind of the same how I did leading into this year and, um, just try and kind of go with the same flow and same mindset as last year. And, um, yeah, I mean, got to just take every race as, as its own and, and, um, you know, keep progressing each one. So, um, yeah, we'll see, but, uh, definitely nervous already. <laughs> that's, that's a healthy way to be, I guess. Are there certain yeah. things you want to work on over the winter then? Are there like gaps that you're looking to close? What does your, your off season kind of training and, and, um, prep look like? I mean, I think getting a bit stronger is always one of them, you know, working working with woody a bit more as well and and getting the bike dialed even more is another thing i'm looking forward to but um you know i i I heard in another podcast that loik's trying to lose weight because of me so um (laughs) don't know if that's true or if he's actually doing that or not but uh i mean i guess i think just kind of sticking to what you know works best for me and kind of doing my own thing is is what i'll really be focusing on and and uh yeah just enjoying it yeah, you hear a lot of riders, I think, especially in that like early, early late junior trying to bulk up uh, and get, like put on more muscle and more more weight. And um, do, do you ever feel the need to do that? Because it feels like your physique sort of works with your riding style, which seems like it's like you, your, I would say your energy use is pretty efficient. Like you don't muscle the bike down yeah. the hill. It's more like you dance the bike down the hill, which sounds a bit weird, but like. It's a, it's a much lighter touch to compare like yeah. compare it to a more aggressive style like Amory or Loic maybe. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely, you know, a smaller rider will have that kind of different riding style to everyone else. But, you know, that's what's cool about the sport is, is you know, Loic is, what, 80, 90 kilos probably. And and I'm, you know, 60 and, and we can both put down, you know, very similar race runs, but do it in our own way, which I think is... Um, is why you know racing is so sick yeah for sure um another big change for 2024 you're not going to have greg on the team um which you know he's been there so long it's been a big chunk of knowledge like gone from the santa cruz syndicate pit have you benefited from being with greg for these last few seasons like have you you feel like you've learned quite a lot from him i guess you're very different riders but um yeah i mean you know obviously we won't have Greg on the syndicate next year. Um, it was a big, big, big change for, for him and us as well. Um, you know, he had a, he had a rough go this season. Um, and I think, you know, with, uh, you know, he, he's, he's 43 now, 42. I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but you know, he's getting, he's, he's close to retiring and everyone thinks he's going to retire this year, but, and then he just goes for another one. So, um, you know, he's, he's just such an amazing athlete in that sense that he can, you know, be at the top level of the sport for this long. And it's incredible, but, um, you know, with, with racing and how the team goes, like we're all, we're all one big team, but you know, you still have to really focus on yourself and, 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 you know, work with kind of your mechanic or whatever. So, um, you know, we, we all work together as well, like looking at GoPro lines and all this stuff and working with Steve online choice. And, uh, yeah, I, I never like, we, we always had like good support, but, um, once Mont Saint Anne happened, he really, really turned into an amazing mentor for me. Um, and you know, just helped so much with, 
with line choice and you know making sure I had everything I need. He literally turned into a team manager, um, which was which was really really cool, and I'm super thankful for him for doing that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I it was uh, it was funny to see you know Greg Menard helping a 19 year old kid at a World Cup. Like it it, it just did, when you look at it from the outside, it didn't really make sense. But um, you know, I, it just shows you know how nice of a guy he is and you know how much he loves racing. So. It was, uh, yeah, really cool to see that. And obviously, you know, he's, he's not going to be on the team next year, so I'll miss that. But, uh, you know, wish him well with all his uh, his new projects. So yeah, we'll always be tight. It's going to be interesting to see how that all goes. I'm excited by that project. It's, uh, it's a cool thing they're doing over there. And then another big change for 2024 is that we're going to be kicking off the season with a brand new hard line in Tasmania. And uh, you're on the list. Yeah. Um, yeah. From an outsider perspective, it seems pretty mad to me that like title contenders like yourself and Loic are going to go to a race and event like that ahead of the world cup season. Like the risk seems really high. I'm guessing for you guys, it feels a bit different, but like how, how are you feeling about that? Cause the track's looking pretty insane from everything I've seen. I think Bernard's on his way out to, to do some testing, but it looks like it's going to be yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, we obviously have risk every day of our lives. Like with, you know, I go on a trail ride and I'm risking myself for for training so it's it's we we you know as as professional athletes we live on the edge of risk and reward so um i think thankfully it's a it's early enough in the season that you know if something does go wrong and you know injuries in, injuries happen so if, if if anything happens you know i think we have time to recover a bit before the world cup season and um you know i think it's just it's such a cool event, Hardline. You know, the exposure is really good there, and and just getting to like be there and ride those big jumps is is such an honor in itself. So I think, um, you know, it it kind of makes the risk factor uh, a bit better um, and a little bit easier to to handle. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to be going down to New Zealand for three weeks in Queenstown. Um, I'm actually going to race Hardline as well, uh, Hardline and Threadbow as well. So the Australian Nationals. Sweet. So yeah, um, yeah. I've got a pretty big big uh block of travel coming up pretty soon and then uh, i'm actually going to japan for 10 days as well so that'll be that'll be pretty sick as well nice for riding for mountain biking yeah whole team's going i don't want to spoil too much because okay. i actually don't even know what we're doing but uh <laughs> yeah we're uh we're going to japan now that will be really interesting that's a place i've never yeah. been to that is high on the list of places i'd like to go with either a bike or a snowboard so yeah, yeah. for sure nice Same man exciting stuff well dude it's been a lot of fun watching you on the mountains around the world uh this year it's always a pleasure to watch you and the way that you managed to ride a bike down a hill is is something pretty special so thank you for that thanks for the gopro previews we definitely enjoy those as fans getting some insight into what the track's actually like um and yeah and i'm excited to see how 2024 goes for you man if people want to keep up to date and follow you where's the best place for them to look yeah, I mean, just my Instagram uh, at Jackson Goldstone. Um, you know, I've I've got pretty much all the social medias. Uh, got a YouTube, but I don't really post there much. Um, got my TikTok. I mean, um, and then yeah, you can pretty much you know go to any sponsor website like Red Bull, Santa Cruz website. I think they've got some stuff up. But uh, yeah, Instagram's probably my main point of contact. So okay, nice yeah. one. I'll dig out some links and stick those in the show notes. But yeah, thanks for making time to chat, man. All the best for the rest of the off season. And uh, I look forward to seeing how you get on in Fort William when that rolls around in May. Yeah, it's coming. Uh, it's coming pretty soon. So looking forward to it. Nice one. Cheers, Jackson.
Cheers, Chris. All right, that's it for this episode with Jackson. I really hope you've enjoyed it. If you want to help support the podcast this year, then the best way to do that is by visiting patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast and setting up a donation. You can also support by grabbing some of our fully updated merch lineup, which is now delivering locally in the US as well as the UK. Check it out over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. Stay connected by following the podcast. You can do that by hitting the button in your podcast app now or by visiting downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. Don't forget to follow on Instagram and Facebook too, where we're at Downtime Podcast. For an extra dose of downtime, sign up for our newsletter at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. All right, that's it for today. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until next time, get out and ride. <laughs>